Hello, and welcome to my kvetch. I might have to think about changing that name because I don't know if it's working for me anymore. I think I need a more non-neutral or positive... I don't know, title or name. But... um I have a list of current event kind of things and news stories that I've been meaning to address. I don't even know if they're current events anymore, I guess, but I just think that uh, at the moment I just wanted to talk about, I guess, more spiritual matters. We're just not really current events. I'm trying to not focus as much on the state of the world and the uh, the Matthias that is very, let's say, worrisome, anxiety-producing, depressing, scary, frightening, on and on, keep going. And I'm, I'm trying to focus on the positive. I don't know if everything I have to say will be so positive. There's Definitely some negatory sentiments, but it's all from a place of that we should be better, and especially as Yidden, as Jews in this world, we should certainly be better. And when we're abiding by and living or trying to live Torah, or at least the perfunctory, Mechitsonius would indicate that people are living in a Torah community or least attempting to live by Torah, then I would think that, um, you know, the commitment and the Bechetsonius, uh, you know, should match the Paninius, should match the deed, should match the mitzvot, mitzvot mitzvahs. And um, I try to see it. I try to see it more and more, and I hope to see it more and more, and uh, this is all coming from a place of I want people, I want myself to be better, and I want people to be better, and uh, yeah, that's really it. So let's dive in. I mean, um, I think there's very few people, if anyone, who <laughs> of the very few people who even hear this, but sometimes I just record for my own posterity and whoever happens to hear this, then Mazal Tov, good for you. Um, I mean, if it is good for you, then good for you. But I wanted to address... Um, my thoughts and observations this past weekend, this past Shabbos, which is sundown on Friday night to stars in the sky on Saturday night. That's every week of every uh, every um, week that's ever existed um, in the world. And the observance of that obviously only 
happened once man was created, once Adam Vachava was um, brought into this world, and um, and continues with our existence. And um, yeah, oh, for those of yeah, and for anyone that knows the community that I'm residing in, that I'm living in, um, then so be it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not shy, and I'm not uh, um, concerned with anyone knowing. You know the macro community of what I'm referring to. This is certainly not. Uh, some of the things I'm going to speak of are not endemic only here or not the issue only here. I've struggled with some of these things over the past decade plus. Um, from Eretz Israel to, you know, stateside to the United States. Uh, but this is where I'm at now. And this is where my, um, this is where my, uh, my critique and my observations come from. And if you don't know the community, it doesn't really matter. Again, I'm just sharing this so we can be better. And my observations, and I may have mentioned this before in some other sessions that were speaking about my health and my difficulties. But I'm, I'm you know, I'm a little bit... Uh, Troubled. I mean, people are davening for me for for my health and well-being. I just feel that I have to put out such an effort and such a like the talkless is on me to ask people to daven for me, which is fine. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. Maybe I'm maybe just the notion of asking makes it more of a receipt, makes it more of a receiving than if someone else asked. But I was the one to ask my my uh, my old yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael to daven for me. Whereas there are many people who are connected to that yeshiva that, as far as I know, didn't ask them to put me on the Mishaberak list, didn't ask me to daven for them. And someone from the community here reached out for me, out to me. Someone who's on a uh, a Telegram channel where we share some very similar. I mean, uh, we share overlapping views on a lot of things: the Matzius of the medical mafia, the reality of the world now, what's going on with war in Ukraine, and the Nazis and the control and the Great Reset. Okay, and this person through the community, through a means, knows me, and reached out if they could do anything for me. It was a very nice offer. And I asked for them to daven for me, and they said that I'm on the um, the davening list for, I guess, the women of the community have their own, you know, communication channel, probably a WhatsApp group. And uh, I'm just surprised that there weren't other people that, you know, put me on Tefillot list, or maybe I am on Tefillot list, but um, not this list, so maybe now I'm on another list. Um, 
and uh, and uh, I'm very grateful that uh, when I bumped into someone recently, this past Friday, they they invited me for Shabbat. Mm-hmm. One of the very few people who have, and they actually are possibly a walking distance from me. So I have to take a closer look at that. I said I'm not really so mobile this weekend and I'm not sure I'll be able to. And they just said, okay. They said that I know their husband uh, and just to reach out if um, I was interested. That was very nice. And maybe at some point people will come to realize why I'm so sensitive to the the driving, the erratic and irresponsible use of three and four ton machines driving on side streets like animals and maniacs. But the same people who exoriated me for requesting and imploring people to drive better will refer to the Goyim as maniacs and, and animals, but never could that be a Jew ridiculous notion absurd notion while you mimic the same behavior that the goyim might be doing or worse and the goyim don't have their cars and minivans stickered with yeshiva katana and i love hashem and the rebbe is great and all these different adornments to virtual signal to the greater world that you're a holy Yid. Is that a Chilol Hashem? I don't know for sure, but I let the listener make their own judgment. But on Shabbos, I I just was outside and learning and reading and enjoying the sun. I like to hear the laughter of the children and the noise and the birds and just trying to get some vitamin D. And I said my kiddush and I had a little food later on. But even a good Shabbos, it's like it cost a million dollars. So people walking by can't even say, Good Shabbos. Who are you? Good Shabbos. Michael. Good Shabbos. How are you feeling? And most people of the some odd 300 families that may live here probably have no idea who I am, don't know who I am, don't care who I am. They don't know I'm not well. But don't you say good Shabbos to a Yid? Don't you want to feed a fellow Yid? Don't you want to break bread with another Mm -hmm. Jew? as your guest, as your company? Did you open your door to the Amana 
to the widow, to the divorcee, to the needy one on Pesach Seder? Did you mean it? <clears throat> I was here. I meant it. I opened my door. I had a taiva to scream out Seder night to invite. Uh, but I didn't. I kept quiet. I had a wonderful Seder by myself here. Some people may say that's so sad, that's so depressing. And the yin of it is that it is, and the yang of it is that I had the, every time I have my Seder solo the past, I think it's been three or four years, it's the best Seder I've ever had. It's at my pace. It's without distraction. It's with questions. Search for answers. Delicious delicacies and food. Uh, my matzah wasn't so great this year, but okay. Live and learn. But still, the matzah was great. <laughs> and And it's funny because a neighbor of mine, one day months ago said, oh, you know, Michael we, Michael, we have to have you over. Let me ask my wife. And I figured, you know, an hour or a few hours later, I would hear, this was in shul. But I never heard. A knock never came. Oh, this week isn't good. Very little chain, um, very little decorum. That neighbor told me that they they called me on pay, on on Purim to give me a uh, shalach manot, but since I didn't answer or I wasn't home, I never received it. So you let me know de facto after the fact you had a shalach manot for me. But yet you couldn't give it to me because I wasn't here. But then you never gave it to me even later on. If your kavana was during Purim, even if Purim was over, wouldn't you still provide the Shalach Manot? Even if that doesn't suffice for the Halakha obligation of the day. On top of the fact that you could have just left it by my door, no one was going to take it. I don't know if there's specific halakhot that you have to hand it to someone. Maybe there is, but still. Unless it was a very, very expensive shalach marot that you didn't want to leave out or get lost, then why would you not? Why would you not? Why would you not? This is the question. Why would you not? And so as regards Shabbos, you know, this person, uh, <clears throat> I was over by them once for a Hanukkah, Mesibah. Very, very wonderful and glad to be invited. I think I had been living here two months at that juncture. So, okay, Shabbos didn't happen, but, you know, a young, relatively newly married couple, I understand, Still in Shana Mishana. 
I get it. But even after that day in shul, we have to have you over, and invites never come since. And I don't mean to be uh, laying it on thick to this neighbor, relatively young people. But the same is for the entire block, and the entire two blocks, the entire three blocks, the entire four blocks around the house in which I rent and live. I'm an alterbacher. I'm a older guy, a little older, mm-hmm. <clears throat> without kids, without family. I know some people have talked about me as being a little odd or weird. I don't know. I don't know what the conversation was, but it was relayed to me that some things were said, uh, and I'm sharing exactly what was said. I don't know. I don't know why people are talking about me being weird or odd. Everyone's weird and odd. Everyone. I don't know anyone that doesn't have a little few oddities or weirdness to them. That's what makes us human beings. That's what makes us individual. What I may think is normal, someone else may think is abnormal or weird or off. Not in a dangerous way, not in a... Not in a creepy way, but just like, oh, that's kind of like not something I do or eat or, or practice or just having a dog to some people is an odd thing, you know, cohabitating with an animal, furry animal. But it's interesting because I, I, um, I figured, oh, maybe this person's not having guests that much because... Yeah, they're expecting. But that's not the case. As I've known, I just was thinking it when I was sitting out there the other day, like, oh, maybe they're like, you know, you know, morning sickness, not feeling well, just trying to be prati amongst themselves. You know, you just never know, but I'm sitting outside. And, and I've known that's not the, not, not the case because I've seen people coming and going. I can hear people coming and going. But, you know, sometimes you just say, it may not be what I think. Maybe my eyes and ears deceive me. But then this Shabbat, a bunch of Bacharim, you know, come over to the neighbor. And so I realize it's not that they're not having guests, they're just not having me as a guest. Which is fine. We choose the guests we want to have in our home. Even more so, once we have kids involved, we have to be careful. Who are we inviting in? What do they bring? What kind of energy is that person? And I know that, you know, my my body, my face are not as beautiful as they used to be. I forget if it, I think it was either Aristotle or Shakespeare. I don't know who it's attributed to. And I don't know why I get confused between those two. Because they're kind of like eons apart. As regards, uh, you know, just their place in history, time period, what their avoda was. But regardless, I think one of them said, and I, and I may be off, maybe it's neither of them. 
God has given us all one face. We make for ourselves another. So even with my my baggy eyes and my scarred face and my stretched and battered body and shape, I think I bring a good energy and a good vibe and a good Torah and I can be quiet, I can be gregarious, I can laugh, I can be serious. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking for gourmet food. I don't even need to eat by someone. I can come up and say a bracha over water. I can come into your house. I can go downstairs, you know, in the in the in the shul, and just enjoy people enjoying themselves. Enjoy listening to the conversation. Enjoy hearing the Torah. Lately, my mobility has been compromised, so I'm really not going anywhere <clears throat> unless it's super close, within a short walk around the block. The problem is not just the exertion. The problem is the exertion can cause me further exertion issues that can become very serious, and so I have to be very, very careful when I'm in a state like this. So I realized, <laughs> they're having gas. And I realized, like, how hard would it be to come down and say, Michael, you know, you, you, you got to join us. you got to join us. We need you. You need help coming up the stairs? When they left the house, I said, this is my first opportunity really to do so, B'Shah Tova. These people are on the, uh, the community chat and know that I'm... Um, I've asked people to daven and learn for me. I've never been wished to refresh Shema. And likewise for most people in the community who I hope are davening for me. I mean, I need all the help I can get. But the same neighbor across the street that one time a few months ago scrunched their face at me as they were talking to another neighbor um, and, you know, sometimes you can add up two and two, you know, like, um, what's the one I'm looking for? Um, you know, communication with the face and the body and, um, like nonverbal communication, posture, things like that, that we know that. Oh, someone was just mentioning me or talking to me or mocking me. You can scrunch your face at me, but you can never unscrunch your face and have a conversation or talk to me or ask me about myself. Same people whose kids will come over and speak to me, talk to me about my dog, some of, who, some of the parents whom have told their kids to stay away from me, or not me in particular, maybe it is me in particular, but they're a little concerned about the dog. I understand. 
have never come over and had a conversation with me to see who is the master of that dog. It's one thing to not trust the dog, but what are you implicitly saying about not trusting the dog? Or to even come over and say, our kids love being near your, your dog. I'm sorry, I just, I've had a bad experience, or I'm concerned, or I'm scared. We're not telling them to stay away from you. That's chen. That's grace. Someone passed by my house the other day with kids, without kids, without, I mean, this one person, they were, I guess, gathering their kids, walking their kid to someone else's house, and it took three times for me to finally nod to them. And I just, you know, I wanted to see, and they're going to wish me a good, sh good Shabbos. They didn't. It took me saying good Shabbos for them to say it back. I'm okay with that, but like, seems to be that seems to be the default and I had to tell myself Michael, Michael, you're not in Eretz Israel. like in Eretz Yisrael it's not always but usually good Shabbos are flowing like water from a spring And I will say, when I hadn't gotten a good job, I had been out there for hours. One of the girls, who keeps her fair distance, was riding her bike with her helmet and without me saying a word, wish me a good job. It was like, it was like the most beautiful, it was like, she didn't sing it, but it was like she had sang it from the tops of the mountains. It was such an innocent, meaningful, you could tell she meant it, like, of course it's a good Shabbos, and I'm wishing you the same. It's good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. So special. And I was so grateful to that little Kinderlach. I mean, she's bigger than a Kinderlach. She's, I don't know what her age is, but <clears throat> maybe second, third grade, maybe. And I was singing a Nigun, singing my Nigun, whatever Nigun that is at that time. Like I just started a Nigun. And I wasn't giving it any thought. And then upstairs, I heard the Bachram and the, the Balabait singing Yom Zemechubad. Yom Zemechubad, Mikoyamim, Yom Yom and my Nibun wasn't exactly Yom Zemachobad, but it was, I didn't even realize it. I wasn't, I didn't have that song in my mind. 
and once they started, I was like thinking like, do, and I say these people, but it's the people I'm referring to that I'm critiquing, like, do they realize what being around people does for some people who aren't so blessed to be around people? They don't have a wife, they don't have kids, maybe don't have so many friends. What the healing quality of that is, to have conversation, to have food, to have challah, where challah was taken, nourishing soup, inflation. Again, I can drink water, I, I can eat, sometimes I don't eat till midday, first meal in the morning. Hear song and voice to hear Torah, to hear someone someone's perush on the parsha, to hear and see laughter. How that heals people. To feel camaraderie and closeness and community. Is that really so lost? On Jews today? Do Jews not understand that? Even though Shalom Aleichem, where I can complete that circle by saying Aleichem Shalom. I mean, it sounds like I'm, I, I feel like I sound like I'm being harsh, but for the winter when I was feeling like I could walk, often also at times with difficulty, but I was feeling good and confident and even with a lot of muscle pain and atrophy and I could walk. And I often did on sheets of ice through ankle high or calf high snow through hailstorms to go 15 minutes to a friend I didn't come to you because your soup or chillant is so exceptional I'm not coming to you because I lack the few dollars to go get groceries. That could be a reason, but that's not it. I came to you to be with you as we're supposed to be on Shabbat. We're just being. We're just being together without the distraction of the outside and see us of the world of the other six days we're not on our phones we're not distracted we're not we're being we're sitting together shlemut learning torah parsha maybe some singing learning davening and i under duress 
because every time it's under duress, but sometimes it's possible and other times it's not. I walked to you. To enjoy you and your family and your, your, your company. And yet here now on a, on a long Shabbos that isn't out, doesn't fade into the week until somewhere, depending upon where you're holding, between like 8.50 and like 9.15. And there's no time during that day where you alone or you with a friend could walk 15 minutes in delightful, beautiful weather to spend half an hour with me, to spend an hour with me, okay, I can get talking if I'm feeling up, feeling up to it, and then to walk 15 minutes back, an hour out of the day. You can even get a schluff in, people can still be with their spouse, spend time with their kids, and still have hours available. I don't know everyone's schedule. I don't know everything going on in Shabbat, Kiddush Club, kids' clubs, learn, right? But, but, ah, it's a Pella to me. Sometimes I made those walks back and forth in the winter under, for me or for anyone, treacherous conditions. I was very glad that the risk of falling was mitigated by Hashem's hand and by my being uber careful and often having to walk in the streets because people seem to have a allergic reaction to shoveling their sidewalks in this community. Goyim and Jews. Maybe this winter people will understand a little bit better my reality that like, hey, here's a guy who has some issues and doesn't want to fall down, like any person, perfectly healthy, normal person, if they fall and break something is going to have also a, you know, some suffering. If I'm still here this winter, I plan to put some very kind notes in people's mailbox asking for them to please abide by what is the law anyway, but also abide by some basic foundational modicum of ethics. Let's see how that goes, if I'm still here. But I had some disappointment when I was thinking about this. It's very real, and it's very fair. It was so nice when the rabbi and some people came by. I guess that was last week to visit me. But now, no message before Shabbat. You're on our mind. We're davening for you. Please know the invite's open. 
I might be able to knock and stop by. I can't stay for an hour like I did last time, but we can speak for, you know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. But I'm sorry, I have to abide by that because I often have people waiting. I'd love for you to join us. Maybe if you're feeling well enough when I come and sit down with you, you can try to walk with me. And we'll see how far you get. If you can't make it, then, you know, you'll head back. <clears throat> Or maybe, you know, two of the people that I know better in shul could have sent me a message or come by. When I say no better, I mean the two people that have actually had me for a meal. Although one of which has never invited me over again. So <laughs> they had me once and never had me again. I don't know. I don't think I, I mean, look, if someone's like really unkempt or they smell or they say or do things that are inappropriate or something like this, then I understand, but I don't think that's me. I don't, I'm pretty self-aware, still have some modicum of memory. I've just never done that, especially since I've arrived here, so I don't really... I don't get it. But I share this because I want people to be better. And I want people to live the life of a Jew, not live the life of a kofar in a suit. And it may sound, that may sound harsh, but what are you practicing if you're not practicing the basics? What is your learning about Ivamos or or Hanukkah or Shabbos or Reuven if you don't even invited you over to sing with you? It doesn't have to be actually singing. Singing can be... Sharing Torah is, is, a, is a song. But I was reading Rev, Rev Pincus. He has a Sefer Shabbos Kodesh in, uh, in English. And he was talking about, like, what, what greater... He, I was reading it on Shabbat. And I happened to be at a, at a page where he talks about, like, like feeding a Jew... Like, what better gift is there than to feed another person? Even not a Jew. To feed another person? It's like one of the holiest acts you can do in, in, in the world. And we're not even talking about someone like starving to death, God forbid. We're talking about just providing someone a meal. Abraham's tent. He demands. Request, demand, okay, different different commentary, Purushimon that the visitors wash and bless God for the bounty, for what they've been offered, for what they've received. Avraham, a melech to his own right. A melech, you know, let's say a melech without a nation in a certain sense, you know, in, in the physical. He didn't really have a, 
a nation yet, but Amalek, a king of kings, one of the richest men known, is helping to people to wash themselves before imbibing and satiating and nourishing. So I'm confused. Sometimes my mind goes to dark places and I think like, you know, but bleep, 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 you know, these people going, same people that it's, you know, I get a smile and a nod, maybe, when I can serve them, <clears throat> because I was, until recently, now that I can't work, serving people in the community, can't bring themselves to serve Shabbat to a guest. I just, it's like such a, it's such a twist in the neurons of my mind. I don't, I can't comprehend it. And I can't comprehend why I'm not being invited. It's not coming from ego or narcissism, like why not me, right? Like, like, I'm God's gift to the world, which I am, like everyone else is, but it's not coming from a place of putting me on a pedestal. It's coming from a place of putting my tuchus in a seat. And funny, when I say, why not me? Why am I not being invited? <clears throat> With this dis-ease that I have, this, this disease... Never asked Hashem why me. I've always asked, what do you want of me? To ask why me would be, you know, questioning Hashem's design in the world, or it would be saying, why didn't you give it to Plony, or Jim, or John, or Jane, or Janet? And I wouldn't do that to say someone else should have this. There are a few people in the world who I've wished this on, and I think two out of the three times were doctors who were so vile and evil. Um, the only way to have them comprehend just how off they are would be to have them suffer like I do. And if they knowingly caused me suffering, then yes. But that exceptional case or two or three aside, I think it is fair to ask why not me invited to a shot. If I'm not going to ask why me about this life-threatening, mm -hmm. life-changing disease, then I can ask, Hashem, why am I not getting invited in what is your space, your 26 hours of olam, olam Haba within Olam Hazer for me to be more at ease and thinking less of my dis-ease. 
since maybe I won't be alone and I'll be distracted and I'll be listening to other people and I'll be seeing smiles, seeing faces and smelling good smells and enjoying that few moments of camaraderie and the spiritual and medical or let's say spiritual and medical or health benefit of song and singing and words, Aleph Bet, I think it's fair. I think it's a fair taina on Hashem. But it was, it was you know, in the positive and how I've been trying to change the, the way the the crucible of my mind, you know, spins or how it's set. When I heard the singing upstairs, I was in a place of like, I want to be singing. I want to be sitting with people. I want to be invited. I want to feel like someone wants my presence amongst them. So I thought, amazing. Aside from like the, the, that the Nigun I was singing was somewhat close to Yom Zemechobad, and I'm like, oh, they're joining me in singing, even if they didn't hear me. I was, sing, I was Niguning very softly while I was just sitting and reading and learning, enjoying the sun. I thought not only did they start singing basically my Nigun, but they're singing for me. They're singing for my healing. They're singing for my health. My refuah shlema. I was able to smile at that. They didn't even, and I said, and they don't, they may not even know it, but they are. That's damachavschot. They may not even know it, and still they're singing. Yom zimachobad mi goyamin They were singing for me. You know, and uh That's just um, that's just the way I had to look at it. I had to come around from one side of looking at it and see the back of the mirror, <clears throat> which is plated with silver. But <laughs> silver is part of the base of Migdash. That's okay, and the base of Migdash is part of Olam Haba. So and Olam Hazeh. So I don't know. I, I just um, there's a big disappointment in me. And more people local right near me can't reach out. They know I live here. They know I'm a Yid. They don't know much else, but they would know more if I was at their table. What I yearn for, who I am, what I'm seeking. Maybe they know a wife for me. I don't know, you know? It's like, obviously that's a stretch at this juncture in life. It's very painful to think about that. Being alone forever which is all the more so while someone like myself, who may be alone forever, 
would love to not be alone at just those times where we shouldn't be alone. Seder, Purim, Shabbos. I hope if whoever hears this, the 1.2 people that may listen, that you can just learn that it's important that Jews invite each other, that we receive each other. That we remain connected. Not shected. Not leaving someone. By themselves. I've said before and I'll say it again, I have no idea what's going on inside people's homes, the function or reality of someone's marriage, challenges or difficulties with kids, finances, all of those things, I really, unless they're really serious, serious, um, you know, like I said, difficulties or challenges. And usually in that case, unfortunately, that family is not going to remain that way for long. Um, and that's sometimes the result is a grushas, a divorce. But aside from those cases, those shouldn't mitigate or prevent the invite to a neighbor. Shouldn't prevent people from reaching out and wishing a refoshema of somewhere between 150 to 200 men on the local chat. I think five people reached out prati privately to say that they were davening for me. that's a small percentage. Or, or even reached out in the thread. I mean, same thing. I don't know, maybe five. Let's, let's even say, benefit of the doubt, maybe it was 10 people. It's a very small percentage. And still, not one of the men, after speaking to his wife, not one, offered me a Shabbos invite. Or even said, is there anything that we can do for you? Do you need help with anything? There's a bunch of people who have pets, who have dogs. No one reached out and said, do you maybe need assistance with with your dog? Which sometimes would be welcome. She's a little difficult. I, I don't even know if I would take them up on it because I feel like she's a, she's a liability. It's okay. She just pulls too much. And 
if she sees other kids or people, she wants to pull, like, it would probably have to be an adult that would, you know, say, hey, I'll take her for a five minute, 10 minute, 15 minute walk. Which one of my friends took her on a hike, like for like an hour the other day. And that was very, I was very thankful, but I had to give very specific rules as to how she can be handled. But, so, you know, again, I'm thankful for the, for the person who did reach out and asked if I need anything, food, you know, if I needed anything in that regard for Shabbos. I'm thankful for the invite I did get. I'm thankful for the guys upstairs singing for me. I just feel that that should be the rove, not the exception. I should feel like I can almost knock on any door and join them for Shabbos. Really, that's really the way I feel it should be. And maybe there's like one house or two, two houses or two families that like, okay, they don't have guests or I can't go to them for whatever reason. That should be an exception of an exception of an exception. Maybe I'm thinking that I want Olam Haba, and while Shabbos is that, it's not completely that yet. There's still some Olam Hazeh in Olam Haba, and in the remaining week, there's still some Olam Haba in Olam Hazeh, but they're not Shlemut, they're not complete. They're not com it's not complete yet. But, okay, these are my thoughts. I wanted to address them very much prevalent in my mind. And it could be that this is not exactly the, the community for me. Like I'm looking for a different Tom, a different taste, a different Metzius. That's just not here. It's just a different outlook at Hashkafa, different influence, different focus, different blindness, deafness, obtuseness. And again, I'm not trying to be negatory, negative. Sometimes you have to look at reality. I see the good, see the good that the community, you know, maybe does. I don't really know much of it, but okay, learning, steiging, having families. But I'd like to see more of the kind that I'm speaking about. It's not a place meant for a single guys, and you're not going to see an abundance of, you know, it's just like any community, mostly, unless you're living in a major city. I get it. So it's not catering to that. But when you have someone in your midst, then you're supposed to um, have a, a certain amount of responsibility or obligation to that person. Like I said, the widow, the divorcee, the needy person, also the medically challenged Anyone who needs Purim Suda, Pesach Seder, Shabbos. I know how I would do it if people would come to my house or when the time comes when I'm married. I know how I would and will do it if I'm ever given the chance. In the meantime, I just want to heal. And I want 
getting to be the direct beneficiary of being the shluchim to bring that prayer and healing and the malachim and Hashem's hand upon me. What better, what better uh, avoda is there to save a life? To not speak Lashon Hara, but to speak Lashon Tov, to sing Torah, sing songs, to put their very breath out there, that I should inhale their breath and clean my body of its ills, of its ambush. How I can outflank this ambush just by joy and laughter and love. But not everyone lives their life like that. And maybe Shabbos isn't Holam Haba to them. Maybe they go through the rituals and it's just another day and they look forward to Sunday and to Motzi Shabbat not from Malava Maka, but just for a meal. And they just want to get back to their phone and, you know, and, well, not TV, but, you know, internet and earning money. And they never reveal it, they never say it, but they can't relate to that. So they can't relate to me. Or to what I've said the past 57 minutes. I understand that. I get it. But out of the dozens that are immediately within my walking sphere, I would think there would be a few otherwise. I want to thank you for listening, if you did, if you made it to the... I really thought this was going to be rather short, to be honest. I didn't really think I even had all that much to say because I usually have a whole list of, you know, events and things going on in the world that are so um, time-consuming to work out and, and, and uh, flesh out. But here I'm just trying to flesh out the, the reality of my flesh the reality of my um, my wonder of it all. It's a Pella. I stand and sit in radical amazement, but I will take with me the good Shabbos from that wonderful little girl and the singing upstairs because they were singing for me. Thanks for listening to Mike Fetch. I'll add my my light, my light unto the world, my my sharing because I want more goodness. And uh, at some point, I'll be back with the current event stuff. It's just very it's dark stuff, and I don't want to really go there so much right now. Despite my elucidation on matters that are going on in the world, sometimes these things have to take a pause. Thanks for listening. Be well. Be better.